0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, July 26. I'm Gavin McGough.
1: And I'm Julia Caulfield.
0: In today's headlines, Green Grants, an opportunity for all.
1: Preserving family history with the Telluride Library.
0: Trail season in full swing.
1: And a mountain weather forecast.
2: There it is! <laughs> that's it.
0: Joanna K now greets me at her front door in one of Telluride's leafy summer neighborhoods. But we're not going inside. Ta-da.
2: Yep, it opens, it closes.
0: Today, the door is the reason for my visit. It's a handsome sight, solid wood with a big pane of glass up top, and fine bevels, panels, and decorations adding to its Victorian flair.
2: This house I think is 1898, so it has a, a lot of really fine detail that you don't see doors made this way anymore at all.
0: Despite their character, the two doors on now's front porch are not original. They're replicas, crafted to mimic the pair that came before. now recalls that the old doors had to go.
2: It was clear that the house was old and drafty and windy, and the first thing that needed to be solved were the doors. However, then we ran into the Hark problem of they had to be restored historically with this beautiful detail that these 200-year-old doors originally had.
0: Hark is the Historic and Architectural Review Committee, which oversees historic preservation in Telluride. Nav's house is in the historic residential district, so any changes to the exterior had to replicate what came before. Suddenly, replacing the front doors was going to require a custom job by a fine craftsman.
2: Which was bringing the cost up much higher, and so I thought it was a great opportunity to apply for a green grant to see if we could help the envelope of our home, seal the doors, keep the heat in.
0: And a green grant she received. For the unfamiliar, Green Grants are an annual program run by the town of Telluride and Eco Action Partners, which doles out money to local businesses, homeowners, organizations, and others to fund greenhouse gas reduction projects. Looking at her front door, Kay now recalls not only the cost of the doors themselves, but also the installation the preservation of the transom windows, the hardware, and so on.
2: So it, it definitely added up, and the Green Grant really helped us make this possible. If, if we didn't have the help to replace these extremely expensive doors, we probably would have left it drafty and just kept cranking up the heat. But now we know that we have a, a really solid envelope and no heat is escaping
0: The following year, Kana went on to apply for another green grant, this time to upgrade the stove which heats her home. She received that grant as well. What's the two-time winner's advice to anyone who might be interested in applying?
2: Well, first of all, I wouldn't be intimidated by it at all because um, you don't have to have any experience of writing a grant before it. You're just basically telling them what you need, why it needs repair, and... Uh, what the cost of the project will be.
0: In a phone interview, Zoe Denal, assistant manager for the town of Telluride and a lead on the town's environmental initiatives, agrees the green grants are for everyone.
1: If you've ever been thinking again of doing some kind of upgrade to your home or, um, you know, installing EV charging, if you can get an EV charging vehicle, so many different avenues of success um, are part of this process. So before we're really trying to build up the number of people that we get to apply because this can really help so many people succeed um, and we'd love to see this program grow
0: telluride has pledged to drastically cut its greenhouse gas emissions as part of its climate action plan and the green grant program could prove an essential tool in meeting those goals this year the town has added a pre-application process which will guide users through a set of questions and connect them with a whole number of potential funding opportunities. Of the pre-application, Denal says,
1: It's also kind of an education tool to really show people what's out there. You know, of course, the town of Telluride has these amazing environmental goals, but so does the state, so does the federal government. So there is a lot of funding opportunity that we can collectively educate the public on and help them utilize to
3: further their goals.
0: The pre-application is currently open and will be available into the early fall. Awards can range anywhere from $500 to $40,000. For more information, visit bit.ly slash totgreengrants or visit the EcoAction Partners website.
1: Do you have a box of photos or slides in the attic? A collection of home videos under the stairs? Get to a certain age, and it's not surprising to have a hodgepodge of family memorabilia lying around the house. That's where the Wilkinson Public Library's Memory Lab comes in. The
4: Memory Lab is for people who have boxes and boxes of
1: old family memorabilia stuff. That they want to digitize. That's Allison Farnham, technical service librarian who's in charge of the memory lab. Um, A lot of people have, you know, old VHS cassettes or they
4: have um, tape cassettes. There's all these old formats that people really need to upgrade so that they can save them and preserve them and continue to keep them into future generations.
1: The library's newest program allows individuals to digitize anything from slides and photos to VHS letters and cassettes. Farnham says the memory lab helps to preserve older forms of material from deteriorating, but the main purpose is to help families document their history into the future.
4: History is so important to see how our families did things in the past and to keep on with either traditions or, you know, learn from the mistakes that
1: they made and continue on a different path. So far, Farnham says she's had interest from individuals looking to digitize their wedding tape or the birth of a child. Farnham's had her own experience recently preserving family history. My mother recently passed away, and my sister gave me a huge box of my
4: mom's stuff, which includes like letters and pictures, and I even found a DVD from 1980. And so I digitized the DVD and I sent it to my family right away and they hadn't seen that so it was wonderful to see my grandparents who were in it and you know film is such a great way to connect with lost loved ones because you actually get to see them and hear
1: their voices. The memory lab is by appointment only with two individuals at a time. Farnham will teach individuals how to use the equipment. She'll also be available for support but she notes it's mostly do-it-yourself. Farnham adds a bulk of the work should actually happen before you come to the library by organizing your stuff.
4: Because if you come to the memory lab with a big box of stuff, you're going to spend all your time organizing it, getting ready to either scan and digitize your pictures or um, digitize your VHS or whatever other equipment you have. We also have equipment for digitizing um, cassette tapes, so... If you have some kind of oral histories too we can digitize those. Um, So it's better that they get organized and this video will teach them how to do that beforehand.
1: To sign up for an appointment at the memory lab email Farnham at afarnham at telluridelibrary.org.
0: It's midsummer. The days are already waning And the snowpack has faded to a few soft smudges of white in the high peaks. Meanwhile, the high season for trail activities is upon us. Trails director for the Telluride Mountain Club, Jordan Carr, stopped by Kodo to fill us in
3: on the mountain club's summer agenda. Carr dives in with his current projects. On the mountain bike side of things, we've been... uh working on the T-35 trail, which is a popular mountain bike trail. And we've been doing some brush cutting on that and some tread work to try to make the trail a little bit more predictable and enjoyable for uh, users of all ability levels. And then on the hiking side of things, I spent uh, about nine hours last Thursday clearing out the Sneffles Highline Trail of all of the down trees that were on that. So that is all clear and good to go. And as you're starting
0: to get trails cleared of winter debris, you have to keep an eye on those uh, trails as we move into summer and maybe a little bit of monsoon season or, or more trees and debris falling
3: yeah we we really rely very heavily on user input because there are so many miles of trails around here we can't be everywhere all the time so if you notice that there are down trees on any of the local trails please don't hesitate to reach out to the telluride mountain club to uh to offer that information for us and and just keep us up to date so we can get out and, and take care of things as as needed sweet good to know and then later in the summer, we start to, to deal with maybe larger maintenance projects more so, um, like our our next large project is going to be the reroute of the Deep Creek, uh, the west end of the Deep Creek Trail that has historically been a really, really steep challenging trail that also is uh, environmentally problematic because it uh, it just sends a lot of sediment down into the into the watershed um so we're going to reroute that for both environmental and social reasons coming up next for the mountain club is your fundraiser the party in the park
0: uh tickets are sold out but will you fill folks in on the event and just talk about how it fits with tmc's broader mission
3: yeah i mean we are uh first and foremost a community organization and we are about bringing people together around shared visions of outdoor recreation and the value that outdoor recreation brings to our lives our hope is to bring people together in the park um, allow people to share conversations and hopefully create some connection points so that they can get out and uh and share those experiences in the mountains. And in terms of folks who are newer to the outdoor scene, uh,
0: what does a mountain club have to offer? What sort of resources are there for those recreators?
3: Yeah, I mean, we've we've been working on a variety of different projects to make recreation a little bit more accessible for folks who may not have the opportunity or the gear. Our, our gear drive that we held uh, a couple months ago is a great example of that. But we're also... Focused as an organization on trail planning and improving recreational infrastructure so that it's more user friendly and more connected and safer uh, and also more accessible for for more people. So so that's really our, our hope is to make it easy for people to to navigate once they get out on the trails and um, and make it easy to uh, to make decisions that are. Uh, lead to a good experience. All
0: right, sounds great. Thanks so much, Jordan. Thanks, Gavin. That was Jordan Carr, Trails Director for the Telluride Mountain Club. This year's party in the park is this Thursday in Town Park. If you're lucky enough to have a ticket, the event kicks off at 5:15 p.m. Other opportunities to get involved include two planned work days on the T35 trail in early August. For more info on events and getting out on local trails, visit TellurideMountainClub.org.
1: The majority of us carry cameras in our pockets, but do we really know how to use them? Next week, the Wilkinson Public Library will be hosting two phone photography workshops to help you capture your moment. A beginner class will focus on how to take photos with your Apple or Android phone, how to send it by text or email, and how to do some basic editing. An intermediate class later in the day will look at more advanced techniques for shooting and editing. The Beginner Phone Photography Workshop will take place at the library on Monday, July 31st at 1.30 p.m. The Intermediate Workshop will take place the same day at the library at 5.30 p.m.
0: Art is in the air. This weekend, the Telluride Fine Art Festival will present an array of pop-up galleries in downtown Telluride and Mountain Village. The festival illuminates the work of both local and national fine artists, showcasing an array of paintings, sculptures, photography, ceramics, glass, wood, leather, jewelry, and mixed media. Artists will be on site to discuss their processes, mediums, and inspiration. The Telluride Fine Art Festival kicks off on Friday, July 28th at 10 a.m. and runs through Sunday, July 30th at 5 p.m. Pop-up galleries will be located at the Oak Street Plaza here in Telluride and Heritage Plaza and the Conference Center Plaza up in Mountain Village.
1: The Colorado Medical Board has issued a draft rule that so-called abortion reversal treatments are not considered unprofessional conduct. The preliminary decision comes as a new state law that would have banned such treatments is on hold while a faith-based clinic is challenging it in court. The government agreed to not enforce the law until state medical, nursing, and pharmacy boards decide if abortion reversal are an acceptable medical practice. An official decision is expected in late September. Reversal treatments are offered by some anti-abortion clinics after a person initiates a medication abortion. There is no proof they work and they're not supported by mainstream medicine.
0: The number of deaths on Colorado rivers is up this year. KUNC's Alex Hager reports state officials believe the increase is tied to high flows after a snowy winter and rainy spring.
3: Last year, 13 people died in swift water across the state. This year so far, that number is up to 18. Colorado Parks and Wildlife said the Colorado River has accounted for the most deaths this year, followed by the Arkansas. Joey Livingston is a spokesman for the agency.
4: Similar to, you know, driving a car down a highway, you know, accidents do happen. And as our highways are inherently dangerous, our rivers are inherently dangerous.
3: Livingston is urging river users to wear a life jacket, check conditions before getting on the water, and consider hiring an experienced river guide. I'm Alex Hager.
1: Visitors and locals alike love the Roaring Fork Valley for the seemingly endless opportunities for outdoor recreation. But for Spanish speakers, it can be tough to get out and enjoy the trails when there's no maps or other information available in their primary language. That's why local advocacy group Defiende Nuestra Tierra, part of Carbondale-based Wilderness Workshop, has created El Camino Latino, a map with detailed recreation information in both English and Spanish. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Caroline Yanis of Aspen Public Radio went on a hike with Diciende Nuestra Tierra this past weekend, checking out the map for the first time.
5: Guinea Grochin and her husband Jaime Lopez love to walk on the Rio Grande Trail near their home in Carbondale. And on a cloudless Saturday morning, they're ready to hike to Mushroom Rock in the Red Hill Recreation Area in Carbondale. They'd love to be able to hike with their friends, but they often go alone because their friends don't feel comfortable navigating the trails without information in Spanish.
4: I think that tal they don't know where they are, tan difficult
2: son.
5: And a lot of the time, their Spanish-speaking friends and others in the Latino community don't have the time or energy to do that research on their own.
4: Especially,
5: like Rochin says, when they work long hours and are too tired to get out and exercise when they get home. Those kinds of issues are what a new map from local group Defiende Nuestra Tierra is hoping to address. El Camino Latino features 19 areas on public lands around the Roaring Fork and Colorado River Valleys. It also includes information on what you can do there, like hiking, biking, camping, and picnicking, how difficult the trails are, and whether the area has bilingual signage. Red Hill is one of the areas with bilingual signage, including information about trail etiquette and the Leave No Trace principles, as well as background on the ecosystem of the red rock formations. That made it the perfect destination for De, de Nuestra Tierra to hand out the first copies of the map to the public. Omax Sarabia is the director. He's been working on the map for a little over a year and encouraging agencies like the White River National Forest to translate trail signs into Spanish.
2: Y la intención es de, de esto es Sarabia
5: says the intention is to create a culture of hiking at the outdoors. Especially after COVID, he says now people can grab this map and say, okay, I have 19 options. Where can I go? Sarabia grew up in Chihuahua, far away from any of Mexico's national parks. He says the idea of public lands as they exist in Colorado is a new concept for many immigrants.
2: You know what? We don't have many places to do hikes because a lot of the land is private. So you have to find out places that you're not getting in trouble to hike. But it's hard.
5: Back on the trail with Tugini Rochin, she's excited about the map, bilingual signage,
4: and what it could mean for her and her friends. Because sometimes there are maps in lugares places and Latinos no not understand or no podemos. Now, she says,
5: they can head out onto the valley's trails with confidence and less fear of getting lost. The hike was also a valuable opportunity for Sarabia to get feedback on what can be included on future versions of El Camino Latino. For example, another hiker, Carlos Comejo, pointed out that people might appreciate information on wildlife they may encounter, like
2: bears.
5: This is the kind of thing that English-speaking outdoor enthusiasts in the Roaring Fork Valley take for granted, that there's information about wildlife. And in a culture so centered on the outdoors, that can be alienating for Spanish speakers who live in the community. For Grochin, that's another important part of the map, helping her community feel like it belongs on Colorado's trails. She says they live here too and have total freedom to go out and enjoy the fresh air.
4: For
5: Aspen Public Radio News, I'm Caroline Yanez.
0: The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for rain and thunderstorms clearing up overnight tonight, followed by partly cloudy skies and a low near 50 degrees. Showers and thunderstorms are likely to return Thursday in the afternoon with otherwise partly sunny skies and a high near 85 degrees. Thursday night, expect partly cloudy skies and a low near 45. Friday brings mostly sunny skies with a high near 85 degrees and a chance of thunderstorms developing in the afternoon. This has been the news for Wednesday, July 26. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries.
1: This is Yvette Henson with Colorado State University Extension in the San Miguel Basin. Come join us on July twenty seventh, from about eight thirty to three in the afternoon, to learn about the lovely high elevation wildflowers at the subalpine site, Calico Trail. Calico Trail is located roughly between Lizardhead Pass and Dunton. You will learn plant families and key characteristics, as well as human and ecological relationships. Class size is limited, so sign up in advance. $25 a person, sorry no dogs. For more details and to sign up call 970-327-4393 or email maryw at sanmiguelcountyco.gov. We hope to see you there.
6: Hey this is Teresa at the Telluride Historical Museum with your Miner's Minute. Did you know that the Telluride Chamber Music Festival is one of Telluride's longest running annual events? While Barbara Martin and other members of the Telluride Council for the Arts and Humanities were interested in bringing classical music to town, Martin had connections with San Francisco musicians Roy Malin and Robin Sutherland, who were coincidentally looking for a place to perform in the summer. So when Martin invited the duo to Telluride in 1973, a new festival was born. And you can learn more about the history of festivals at the museum's annual exhibit, which is on view right now until April. There is a ton going on at the museum this August that you really don't want to miss out on. First, join us for a spectacular evening to celebrate 50 years of Telluride chamber music with the New York Philharmonic Brass Quintet at the Telluride Historical Museum. This free, let me say that again, free community concert will take place outside on North Fur Street at 6 p.m. on Friday, July 28th. So that's next Friday. Please note that there will be a street closure for this event from 4.30 to 8.30 p.m. for North Fur and a portion of Gregory Avenue. So you can bring your lawn chairs and listen to some world-class music at the museum. Next, be sure to buy your tickets for our August Hike into History programs. On August 5th, join naturalists Connie Coulter and Dalen Stevens as we explore wildflowers and edible plants on a lesser known spur of Woods Lake. And let me tell you, I got to scout this hike with them this week and it's absolutely fantastic. So don't miss out, buy your tickets now. And you can also sign up for our final hike of August, which will be on the 19th in celebration of Sheep Mountain Alliance's 35 years of advocating for public lands. This route will be more strenuous and will explore lower Sneffel's Highline while showcasing Sheep Mountain's organizational history and details about our regional public lands. Tickets for all our hikes are $20 or $15 for museum members and you can purchase them online or give us a call. Finally, we'd love you to join us in our annual fundraiser, the Telluride Dinner Party, on August 24th at the Town Park Stage. Support the crucially important work we do here at the museum and enjoy an amazing night of beverages, food, a pop-up exhibit, plus guest speakers, all on the majestic town park stage. So why not save our history and stand in the footsteps of iconic artists? Sounds good to me. I hope to see you there, and tickets are available online for this fundraiser as well, or you can email me at Teresa at TellurideMuseum.org for more information. That's T-H-E-R-E-S-A at TellurideMuseum.org. See you at the museum soon. Thanks, Koto. You're a rare medium. Well done.